When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby. Before we get started here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, let me tell you about Football Insider, our text subscriber service where me, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Alice Williams will text you with the latest on the Browns news, analysis, what we're thinking, and more. You can text us back and we respond directly to you cutting through the clutter of social media. You also get opportunities to get involved in this podcast and participate in roundtables and other events for our subscribers. It's like a little club and you want to get involved with this club. You even get a newsletter every day. It's got exclusive content you either won't see on cleveland.com or you'll see before anyone else. You know what though? Don't let me tell you about it. How about if you hear from some of our subscribers as to why they love Football Insider? I, I don't know why any Browns fan would not want to have this. It's great. There's something every day. I mean, it's really, really keep, keeps me in touch with the uh, the Browns. The daily newsletter that y'all put out there, I, I really like that. It's got a lot of links, a lot of different read-ups. I, I mean, just, you know, you get a lot of content. That's why I like it. If I'm at work or something, I need a quick break, I can hit that up and say, oh, and in a minute I can read uh, what you wrote and, uh, you know, see maybe that there's further information in, you know, one of your other articles or something like that. I get excited when I see, you know, my little text messages pop up. <laughs> so if you want to join us, you can start a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com slash browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. It's $3.99 per month after the trial. Or even easier, since it is a text service, pick up your phone and text 216-208-3965 to get signed up. Again, to start your 14-day free trial, text 216-208-3965. Hey everybody, welcome to our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby, joined today by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great today, Dan. How are you doing? Doing well, and also joined by Ellis Williams. Ellis, how are you? Doing well, man. I'm out here in the Crocker Park uh, social lounge again, the secret spot. The babies are partying, the music's rolling, so the energy's high in here. Let's do it. I don't, I don't think it's such a secret spot. I'm, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to let you in on that. It, it doesn't sound to me like it's very much of a secret spot necessarily. Yeah, but, yeah. Every, everyone's found it somehow. I, I'm shocked by this, but you may be onto something. Chris, before we get started, let me tell you, uh, coming up on Friday, we'll have our normal picks pod uh, where we'll make our NFL picks and our Browns pick uh, and, and look ahead to the game. We'll also talk to a uh, Washington football team writer to preview that. And Ellis, you and Doug and Scott will have your Watch the Tape pod going up at some point on Friday. So make sure you get subscribed uh, to that Orange and Brown Talk podcast feed. It'll all show up right there on your phone to get you ready for the game. We're going to get you ready for the game a little bit here, though, by looking ahead. And one of the first topics I wanted to talk about was Baker Mayfield. He spoke today. And look, he's coming off a really good game against Cincinnati. Uh, You know, not a great game against Baltimore. But this is a really interesting three-game stretch because he's playing – two very good defenses uh, coming up. Washington is actually number one in the league uh, in DVOA against the pass. They're number one in the league. Uh, Indianapolis, who he's got coming up in a couple weeks, 
They're number five in the league. Uh, now, there's a lot of variance here, right? It jumps from week to week. They went from 28th to fifth. They're number five in DVOA and number four against the pass. And then the one kind of reprieve, I guess, from teams that have gotten off to a good start defensively is Dallas. But that game is in Dallas. It's in Jerry World. Everybody's going to be watching Baker, you know, back in Texas going against America's team. This is a really interesting three-game stretch from Baker, and, and it might kind of tell us a lot about where he is and where he's going this year. Mary Kay, what should we expect from Baker Mayfield over these three games? Well, I think the number one thing to expect from Baker Mayfield going forward in these next three games is to eliminate the mistakes. You can't be throwing a touch and an interception in every single game. If he does that, right now he's got two and two games. That puts him on pace for 16 for the season. He had 21 last year. So he's got to cut down on the, on the picks. That's just number one. I mean, it's the way he started out the game last week, and it's the way he finished the game with a red zone pick, uh, a horrible, really, decision last week or, or Thursday night against the Bengals. And it just, you know, when I see that, you know, it just says to me, like, he's really got uh, to make better decisions. He only attempted 23 passes, okay? only 23 passes. His counterpart, Joe Burrow, attempted 61 passes and didn't throw an interception, okay? So Baker can't be throwing one out of 23. It's just the odds of that are just too high. So I think that's the number one thing that he's got to do is just cut down on that. If I were to say, if I were to, you know, list three things, uh, that would be way high on my list. And then it would just be, uh, you know, continuing to should go through his reads and take what the take what the defense is giving him, and not really worry about uh, trying to get the ball to Odell, trying to get the ball to Jarvis, and trying to get the ball to Austin Hooper. Rely on that running game. Rely on the play action when it's there. Uh, but first and foremost, cut down on the mistakes. Ellis, yeah, Mary Kay covered a, a lot there, and in a real simplistic way, because Baker and these turnovers. I wrote about it yesterday. It, it, they need to, they just need to stop. It, it's that simple. And Kevin Stefanski really is a straight shooter. I know we don't get a whole lot of, out of him in these, in these Zoom press conferences, but when he does go talk about Baker in these turnovers, he doesn't hide the fact that they need to stop. And he is, he, you know, there was a quote I got out of him a couple of weeks ago and he said, there's not really any interceptions he can live with. And then after the game on Thursday, he mentioned that, he Baker needs to learn from these. So again, throwing the ball that little and turning it over, there's quarter in this league, you cannot turn the ball over. And at the time he did it too. It was the one thing he couldn't do. He left points on the field and building off that it's assuming the turnovers clean up. Then we're going to talk about the big got to have it downs with Baker. The Browns only faced eight third downs on Thursday these defenses they have coming up, they're going to face, you know, third and eight, third and 11, and there's going to be these big downs that Baker is going to have to make a play. And that's when we're going to find out a lot about Baker. So this stretch and these stretch of defenses specifically mean there's a lot to still figure out about Baker Mayfield. And it's in front of them to prove it. We're going to know a lot in these games, as you said, Dan, but to just base it all on the Thursday game, it feels tough because of what's in front of them and the mistakes we did see on Thursday, despite the good performance. So, so I guess the question here is, um, is, is it such a bad thing if Baker over the next three weeks kind of, I know this is sometimes a, a bad word when we're talking about quarterbacks, but is it a bad thing if he's 
just kind of a game manager. If he just distributes the football, he's a point guard. I thought that's sort of what he was doing uh, against Cincinnati. And even with that deep throw to Odell Beckham, that, I mean, that was designed to get Odell Beckham a one-on-one matchup. He got it. He took advantage of it, made a really great throw. Uh, and, and of course, Odell made a great catch. You know, it, it's not so bad if you know, against these really good defenses, you kind of take what's there and let your really good skill players kind of cook a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the team is set up that way to let him be that and do that and operate that way. But when I think about Baker Mayfield and when I think about the number one overall pick, it seems like you just want more than that, you know? And now he doesn't have to do more than that right now, especially when this offense is trying to come together. They're still trying to find their identity and they don't know it yet. Why don't they know it? Because in game one, uh, you know, they just got clobbered by one of the best teams in the NFL. Then they come out the next week and they did pretty well against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So we don't really know what Baker Mayfield is yet. And if he does turn out to be more of a game manager, at least over the next three weeks or so, uh, that you're right. That wouldn't be the worst way to go because Washington comes in here leading the NFL with 11 sacks. Okay. That's a lot of sacks. They sacked Carson Wentz eight times in their opener. I don't expect that to happen against the Browns because their offensive line is really good. But still, this is a pretty darn good defense when they get rolling. Uh, And if if they do get rolling and they find that they can attack any weakness along that line or anywhere else uh, in the protection scheme, then it, you know, it could be a little bit of a long afternoon. So Baker's going to have to be on point. He's going to have to, he's really going to have to bring it. He's going to be, have to be very decisive and, uh, and he, he's just going to have to do everything he possibly can, you know, to beat the blitz, to beat these guys, to not let guys bat down passes. That was a problem in the first week. Now, Calais Campbell is six foot eight. You're not always going to run into a man mountain like that, right? But still, when, you, when teams see that on film, they're going to try to get their hands up. Whether they're blocked or not, these guys are going to try to get their hands up uh, and, and get their hands on the ball. So that's why it's important that he rolls out and does the bootlegs and things like that early. Yeah, the Browns got an embarrassment of riches uh, on offense in their skill position for this reason. Kevin Stefanski's, whether it's Baker Mayfield or as he showed last year with Kirk Cousins, wants to call a game where the ball is in the quarterback's hands less and they strike when the opportunity presents itself. So if we see, you know, third down runs from Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb, that that may be a, a strength of this offense rather than asking Baker to do too much. That's why they went out and got Austin Hooper. That's, you know, this is a little more complicated, but a part of the reason why Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't been traded yet. And perhaps now what's going on in Minnesota with Stephon Diggs being traded and the offense, not the passing game completely being off, might tell us a little bit more about really Odell's value to this team, despite it not showing up in the stat sheet all that often. So getting the ball to the playmakers and less of Baker ever, I mean, ever having to throw 61 times. Browns fans just aren't going to see that. But that's the way Andrew Barry and Kevin Fancy have made this team start in the offseason. And they're, of course, inherited guys like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. But that's the strength of this team. And against a defense like Washington coming up, it's going to be the same formula going forward. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking back at, at 2018 when Baker, of course, was, was so good in those final eight games. And if, if you kind of go back and, and remember a couple of those games, he didn't attempt a ton of passes in some of those games, even like, you know, so I'm thinking of the Atlanta game, right? And there's a couple memorable throws he made that people point back to. 
He only threw the ball 20 times. Uh, and it went over Cincinnati. He threw it 26. He threw it 22 against Carolina. I mean, there's a couple games in here where he threw it over 30 times, but in the two losses uh, to Houston and to Baltimore, he threw 42 and 43 times. Now, some of that is situational, right? If you're losing, you're going to throw the football more. So, so sometimes those stats can be a little misleading. But, you know, whenever I think about those eight games, I do kind of look back and, and think, you know, some of those games where he was really good, if you kind of go back and look at the numbers, the attempts weren't really high. It was just – you know, more high impact with what he was doing with those attempts. And, you know, maybe the offense was a little more efficient, but whatever it was, you know, it was working when he wasn't just going out and slinging the ball all over the place. That's, that's very true. And another common denominator about those games and some of the other games in which Baker has had some success is uh, the name of the football team, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, <laughs> true. Two of those uh, two of those victories were against the absolute worst defense in the NFL in the Bengals. And if you look at his statistics, uh, the Bengals versus everyone else that he's played, uh, it's, it's marked. It's, um, it's, it's a striking difference. He's, now, it happens to everybody, okay? There's a lot of quarterbacks uh, that, are, that play in, in divisions where there's a kind of a, a bad football team and they get to pad their stats. Ben Roethlisberger got to do that all of those years against the Cleveland Browns. Um, and other Tom, Tom Brady certainly been, was able to do it for a while against the AFC right. East. A lot of guys get that. Yes, it, it hap that happens a lot. And, uh, and so the Bengals have been kind of his soft landing place, and they certainly were that again this Thursday night. So I think, uh, you know, that's, that's another thing that he's got to do is prove that he can beat good football teams and beat really good defenses. That's the thing that you need to see from Baker Mayfield going forward. And why? Not just because we're curious, because the Browns have some decisions to make in this offseason. So not only is this, hey, let's try to get to the playoffs and, you know, win some playoff games. This is also, do we have our franchise quarterback or do we not? Yeah, Mary Kay, that, that's exactly it. And the, Kevin Stefanski, after the Ravens game, can say as much as he wants that uh, they – fell out of their offensive rhythm when they fall behind early. But eventually, Baker Mayfield's going to have to win a few of these games himself. The, Jimmy Grapple had to do it last year with the 49ers. Some of his fourth-quarter passing numbers are really impressive, actually, when you go back and look at them. And that's exactly where the decision-making is going to be placed, is in third quarter, got to have it. Sorry, third down, got to have it. Fourth quarter. And let's just look forward to a game like the Steelers, who only allowed 15 yards rushing to Saquon Barkley and that game in Pittsburgh is only about a month away now, you know, three, four weeks. It, it's games like that where if Kevin Spancy goes to the, the podium again and says, Oh, well, you know, we got behind early because his defense isn't stopping anyone clearly. That's not going to be an excuse, a valid one, at least, you know, two, three times after we hear it. So Mary Kay, I couldn't agree more. Baker needs to go out and beat good teams and specifically good defenses soon. And then look, believe it or not, there is going to come a game where the Browns might not be able to run the football. I know it's, I know it's hard to really, you know, believe that when you've got Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, you've got this, this offensive line that's playing really well. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. Uh, when, when you, there's going to be some games where teams shut that down and, and Baker's got to be able to step up and, and make plays for this team and, and kind of carry this offense. And, and again, that's part of why I'm excited over these next three games, because we're going to get to see Baker go against two pretty good defenses, pretty good pass rushes, 
And then again, he also has that trip to, to Dallas, which is going to be a big deal, right? For him, obviously going home and, and playing the Cowboys is always a big deal. Browns only get to do it once every four years. Uh, so it's always a big deal when you play the Cowboys. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about the Cowboys division rival, the Washington football team. We're going to pick out some matchups to watch in that game right after the break. I'm back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ellis Williams on a Thursday edition. Let's talk about some matchups. Let's, let's pick out some, some things we're looking for on Sunday when the Browns and the Washington football team, I almost said that word, but I skipped it. I said, Washington football team, I'm doing really well this week, knock on wood. Uh, Mary Kay, what's a matchup you're watching on Sunday? Well, you know, I've watched some of the Reds. Uh, oh, I almost said Oh, see, I got it in your head. <laughs> I've watched some of Washington's games, and, um, and Chase Young just jumps right off, off the screen. I mean, he just jumps off the page and just like he did in college. So I can't help but, you know, really want to watch this matchup uh, with him against the Browns uh, tackles. And we, I asked Jack Conklin about that today. He expects that, that Chase Young will be on both sides so that he and Jed are both going to have to contend with him at different times. Nobody knows exactly how that will play out in the game, but they both have to be ready for him. And he is a load. Now, he's tied for the NFL lead with two and a half sacks so far. Uh, he's got eight total tackles. Uh, I believe he's forced a fumble. Uh, he's, you know, he's making big plays. He's already making some really, really big plays, and he's making an impact. And uh, I'm very anxious to see how, uh, you know, how they try to exploit what, whatever they can come up with on the Browns offensive line, which has been playing very well. But there's a difference between playing – a front like Washington's and Cincinnati's. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be really big. I and mean, this is Jed's, one of Jed's biggest tests of the season so far. Like he said, Chase Young is a freak of nature. We've heard Miles Garrett described like that. And as we know, they really haven't put Miles Garrett over Jedrick Wills too often. They just haven't done it. I think that there was a method to their madness. Um, Part of it is because Miles is playing a lot on the other side, um, but they they never really tried to pit Miles against Jed too too much. So this is going to be a huge test for him whenever he is up against Chase Young. Yeah, Mary Kay, that's really this offensive line's first real test. Of course, Baltimore has a nice unit, but again, the the cop out, the scapegoat there is when an, an offense like. Baltimore is able to just spread themselves and take themselves away from the Browns there. Now the offensive line in the game gets away from them. Washington doesn't have that offense. This is going to be a close game from start to finish, all 60 minutes. You know, Washington's not going to go out and hang 35, 40 points on this Browns defense. So that's going to keep the entire playbook available to Kevin Stefanski, which means this offensive line is going to have to dominate and win up front is the strength of the offense or, you know, this, this, the Browns are going to could end up on the wrong end of this if they're not able to move Chase Young and company up front. I mean, this is such a great test, right? I mean, a, a lot of the, the talk here in these first two games has been how good that offensive line has been. And, and it's been, you know, how well they've played as a unit. I mean, Wyatt Teller has become a story this week, right? Because he's been so good at, at right guard. And just across the board, all five guys, even when Chris Hubbard was out there, they did a really nice job, but again, that was against the Bengals. 
uh, this is a great test for this offensive line. And the, and the reality is, you know, when it comes to defensive lines, whatever, you can be great against the run. It doesn't matter. What matters is getting to the quarterback and getting pressure on the quarterback. And this offensive line has to be up to the test, protecting their quarterback. Uh, so, so that's going to be a really interesting matchup to watch. Really kind of the, not, not the first real test for Jedrick Wills, but, you know, I had flashbacks. Somebody asked about it today, that, that San Francisco game last year, if, if this Washington line reminds them a little bit of San Francisco. And I just I had bad flashbacks to what happened on that Monday night uh, when, when the Browns played the 49ers. Ellis, what's a, what's a matchup you're looking at? Yeah, the, uh, the babies are lurking, so they're excited to hear what I have to say <laughs> for this matchup. We got a bunch of Orange Brown Talk fans out there, clearly. Um, I'm looking at this Washington offense, uh, specifically Dwayne Haskins, Terry McLaurin, and how the Browns are going to combat him. You know, McLaurin wants to – Washington lines him up in the slot a lot. He had a huge touchdown catch against uh, Arizona last week, and that's been the Browns' weakness, the, the slot corner, the, the, the nickel backer, nickel safety – someone to patrol the middle and shut that area of the field down. Thursday night, Joe Burrow, whenever the Bengals needed a conversion, a big play, they exploited the middle of the field. Kevin Spansky teased today that perhaps Terrence Mitchell, Greedy Williams, or even Denzel Ward could have some time inside. I don't expect Denzel Ward to necessarily shadow uh, McLaurin all game, but who knows? In this defense, everything should be on the table for them. So, I mean, Mary Kay, maybe I'll I'll throw that to you. Have have you heard? Have you seen anything? Do you anticipate – uh, the Browns shaking up that, that nickel corner situation in hopes of shutting down the middle of the field. Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. I mean, I, I think Kevin Johnson looks really good out there. I mean, he looks like he's ready to go. And if he is, and there's all indications, I watched him today, he looked absolutely fine. He doesn't look like he's missed a beat to me. Uh, he is the nickelback on this team. I mean, they were down to Tavier Thomas. They couldn't even use MJ Stewart because he's coming off of a hamstring injury, and they mostly limited him to special teams snaps in that past game. They didn't put him out there in the nickel. So Tavier Thomas, they were down to their third string nickel, basically. There's a major difference between Kevin Johnson, former first-round pick, who had an excellent camp, and Tavier Thomas. So I think uh, that, that that's going to be an interesting matchup, the way that they, they handle that. But I, I do think that you will see uh, a fair amount of Kevin Johnson uh, versus McLaurin. And uh, now Kevin Johnson might have to shake the rust off a little bit uh, because, you know, he just hasn't really played, obviously. But uh, I think that's definitely something to watch. The whole secondary of, of this Browns football team I expect to be better than it has been with the addition of Greedy and Kevin Johnson and Terrence Mitchell played well and so did Denzel those guys played well um, so it's not like the corners struggled all that much although Denzel did get up give up a touchdown um, but for the most part I expect this to be much better so you know Ellis you touched on it the the shadowing right is, is this a game where Denzel Ward shadows uh fellow Ohio State alum, Terry McLaurin, uh, a guy that I really liked coming out of college just because of that speed. I wondered if maybe John Dorsey kind of liked some of those traits as well. Remember, I don't think he really had a shot to, to draft him, but he, he was a guy that I was curious about uh, in brown and orange. Uh, you know, I wonder if this is going to be the game where Denzel Ward, you know, Joe Wood says to him, look, you've got to shut this guy down because there isn't really a lot else in, in this Washington receiving court. I mean, Stephen Sims, you know, he was good against Arizona. I heard his name a few times, but, you know, really it's not a deep group. And, and Dwayne Haskins has 
kind of been relying on McLaurin and that speed a little bit. And hey, if you're Denzel Ward and you want to be a top 10, top five corner, make a ton of money after this season, this is a kind of matchup. Go out and try and win it. Yeah, you know what? I, I think that um, that Denzel did a really nice job on AJ Green yeah. against the Bengals. And, you know, I kept waiting for AJ to make a play and he just really never did. I think he caught three of his 14 or 13 targets. He got three of his 13 targets, uh, but for the most part, Denzel pretty much kind of shut him down. Uh, so I, I think that was a good, like you said, a good warm up for, for Denzel. Uh, he graded out very well in that game and uh, basically took out one of the, you know, a seven time pro bowler. So I think it was a good warm up for him for, you know, to go against this game. I have, I haven't been super impressed with Dane ha Dwayne Haskins with what I've seen so far on tape. Uh, I, I just feel like this defensive line is going to just wreak so much havoc on, on him and confuse him and run stunts and games like they did to try to confuse Joe Burrow a couple of times. Uh, I think they'll have even more success doing that sort of thing. Um, but I, I think that, I think Denzel will be fine against Terry. Yeah, two things real quickly. Um, Den we talked about it uh, in the preseason. Denzel Ward taking that next step to you know elite status, if you will, was a big question mark for this defense. If he's entering that, which after that A.J. Green performance, he's flirting with it, it changes the complexion of this defense completely. And, you know, shadowing a guy like McLaurin could be that next step, even though he's not a slot corner. You know, just being able to guard a guy anywhere on the field, it's a big ask. You know, it's, it's a lot different than just being outside with A.J. Green. But perhaps Denzel's capable, and this defense, you know, would it be a, a nice surprise for Denzel to have arrived this early. And then, Mary Kay, I'm glad you brought up the Browns' defensive line versus Washington's O-line. It's a weak unit. Uh, they're down their, their Pro Bowl left guard. Uh, he was placed on IR yesterday, I believe. No more Trent Williams, of course, who's now in San Francisco. And Browns fans, of course, followed all that last season and their right tackles weak also. So it's the Browns best unit versus what is probably Washington's weakest, similar to Cincinnati game, expect another big performance mouth here at Sheldon Richardson, Porter Gustin, the whole crew is going to be uh, getting after Dwayne Haskins, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said that real quick. Go ahead. I was just going to add real quick. When I was out at practice today, again, um, there was Adrian Claiborne and OV Olivier, Olivier Vernon off to the side. So it will be a blow if they can't play, but if you're going to have to miss a week uh, with those two guys and go with Miles and Porter, this might be a week to do it. And, uh, you know, that I'll steal a topic we used yesterday. What are we going to be talking about after, after Sunday's game? What I would love to be talking about is having some of these D linemen come through those Zoom calls after the game and say, hey, Miles, Sheldon, Larry, maybe Adrian, maybe Porter, whoever, Jordan, we spent all week talking about that Washington defensive line and you guys were the ones that went out there and, and won this game for your team. This is kind of their, their opportunity. Everybody's talking about the other guys. Nobody talks about the Browns defensive line, especially on a national scale, quite like they're talking about Washington. And, and that's, that's what the Browns want, right? They, they want to be talked about like that 49ers D line last year. They want to be talked about like people are already talking about this Washington pass rush. And oh, here's a, here's a chance for them to, to kind of line up and say, no, we're the pass rush you should be talking about. Yeah, I, you know what? And I think that they have that kind of pride. I mean, when we talked to Sheldon Richardson in the, uh, in the preseason, remember just him saying, dominate, dominate. That was his buzzword. We want to dominate. And if Miles Garrett uh, continues to make uh, the kinds of plays that he did 
against the Bengals with the strip sack. And those are the kinds of things we've been calling for him to do. You've got to get the ball out of there. You've got to make an impact play. You have to be a reason or a big reason that your team wins the football game. So I think matter of pride, you're right this week. Yeah, I wrote about the defensive line earlier this week. It's the Browns' most impressive unit on that side of the ball. And one of my subsections in that story was just playmakers making plays. And they've got so much talent there. Of course, Miles Garrett. But Sheldon Richardson is such a pro at just stopping the run, getting after the quarterback. Adrian Claiborne, of course, with a sack. They might be a, a early steal in, in Jordan Elliott. But these guys got to stay healthy. You know, I didn't even mention Olivier Vernon there. You know, that's a that's – a, talented group but of course they got to stay healthy and Mary Cagri if they're going to miss a game it's this one because down the stretch you know weeks 10 11 12 and so on they're going to need this D-line and they're going to need them healthy and, and Haskins under pressure here 59.2 rating that's uh, 23rd uh, among the qualified quarterbacks on on PFF we don't want to talk about the guy that's down near the bottom of that list just ahead of Deshaun Watson we'll uh, <laughs> we'll save that uh, for for another day I guess uh, all right That'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Again, we, we gave you a little preview here of the Washington football team, but make sure you check out everything we've got coming Friday on the feed. You're going to get a picks pod. You're going to get a new watch the tape. We're going to have you covered all the way from Friday through Sunday. So hit that subscribe button. Make sure you get that Orange and Brown Talk right on your phone. And also while you're on your phone, text 216-208-3965 and start your free trial for Football Insider uh, we'll have our post-game show coming back on Sunday for our Football Insider subscribers. And, uh, of course, there's always a chance for you to join us and pick games, as someone will be doing on Friday. So for Ellis and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening.